0: Hello, thank you for listening to this sermon from our Revive service. We hope it helps you learn more about God and allow you to grow closer to Him and in your faith. Great to sing, It Is Well With My Soul. I hope that that's an encouragement to you. My name is Pastor Aaron Varner. I have the great privilege of being the lead pastor here. We're so glad that you've joined us today. If you have your Bibles, you can begin. We're going to start with the book of Galatians, Galatians chapter 5. We're now in our fourth week of our series elements the elements that make up our faith make up our life as followers of Jesus what elements are inside of us Um, some called the fruit of the Spirit Um, and this series is just entitled elements as we think about the elements that uh, that we can't produce uh, in and of ourselves that has to be it has to come from God um, it's such a joy to join and to worship together. I, I, hope, that's, I hope that's you. And, and sometimes we come in after, after a hard week or a long week or things on our mind. And just to be able to kind of put in perspective and then be able to be reminded, man, it can be well with my soul, right? Is it well with my soul? When we think about all the things that God has done for us, Right. And all the glorious gifts that he's given us, the fact that he's given us Jesus and that Jesus has taken our sin. He took the full punishment of our sin and laid it on the cross upon himself. And what more is there? What better is there Uh, because of that faithfulness of God? And I uh, appreciate Andrew and the team leading us in worship. It leads us uh, into a lot of what we're going to talk about today in this element of peace. of peace, We looked at love and joy, and today we're going to look at peace. If you would, uh, you can read along with me in Galatians five twenty two, 22, verse 23. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Would you pray with me? Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to join together and to worship you, to lift up our voices in praise. And now in worship, we we have the wonderful opportunity of opening up your word and allowing your spirit to speak to us in in our minds and in our hearts and, and even to the depth of our soul, Lord. As we think of this element of peace lord i just pray that you would bring to to the forefront uh, what you're doing in our lives and that we can see that that this element is a gift from you and that we can have this and we can display this um, not only for for us as we walk through each day but for the world to see the peace that you provide that nobody and nothing else can and so lord i just pray that you'd work in our hearts stir us Stir us in, 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 in a deeper way. May we be caused to pursue you more because of our time together. Lord, thank you for each one that's here. Bless our time in, in your word, and we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Last week, I talked a little bit about joy and the twin of joy. And so I want you just to think about this for a minute. Can you have joy without peace? And can you have peace without joy? Now, while they are two separate things, just as if we had twins, which I dreamed of having twins. Lisa um, thought that was a nightmare. I love that dream. That was a great dream. And, and to think of twins and the twins that I know, um, they are each their own individual. Um, they're separate from each other, but they have qualities that are very much alike. And so in this same way, joy and peace, uh, when you see one, you will often see an association or an affiliation with the other. And so today we talk about peace. And uh, and as we start of this, again, I just want to go to how do we define this? How do we define this term? And the best way that I know how, because I'm not a, a language guy, Uh, I go to Webster. And Webster, not today, but from Webster of 1828, he defines it this way. He says, in a general sense, a state of quiet or tranquility, having freedom from disturbance or agitation. Hmm, That's peace. Uh, Applicable to society, to individuals, or to the temperament of mind. I'm at peace when I'm out in the woods. I don't have all those agitations, right? Um, I don't have all those disturbances. And maybe you have a place where, where when you go, you feel like, man, there, there is a peace of mind. Maybe for some of you, it's the beach. To me, I get too, too hot. Um, even though my wife does say that I'm hot all the time, the beach, I sweat um, a lot. And I don't like sweating unless I'm working and uh, the beach isn't my tranquility. And, um, and so for you, maybe as you think about this element of peace, uh, how would you define that? And what does that look like in your life? Well, we wanna look at from the Bible and what God has to say what that looks like. And we wanna make sure that what we think peace is, is actually what God defines and, and what we see in scripture as peace being. So the best way to do that is to first look at this idea of of, uh, there's a difference. I believe there's a difference of having peace with God and having the peace of God. And so this morning, we want to look at those two differences. And ultimately, you can't have the second without the first. And so we need peace with God. All right, and so there's a few passages here that I want to look at. But before we look at that, I just want to show you a couple passages that have peace in them, just to get your mind flowing, get, your, get you going, thinking about, OK, what does this look like? And, and we do this in, in cross country. If you don't know, uh, I, I have the great privilege of coaching a great group of guys. I have 20 boys over at Firestone High School that I coach. And, and before we start any practice, um, we usually go out and we do a little warm-up, and then we do some dynamic stretching just to get our heart rates up and just to get, get going. So I want to show you a few verses here just to get your mind going and, and thinking. The first on peace is Philippians 4, 7. And, and you can look in your Bible. They're there in your Bible, but they're going to be up the screen, and I'm going to fly through these pretty quick. So you may want to jot them down if you want. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding... Will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, which means this we can't fully understand this element that God is giving to us, which is amazing, which is wonderful. Another verse, Romans 5.1, therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. This is what we're going to talk about here in just a minute, uh, having peace with God and looking at his atoning sacrifice. Second Peter one verse two says this, may grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of our Lord Jesus, Jesus our Lord. And in 2 Thessalonians 3, verse 16 says, Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times in every way. The Lord be with you all. So the Lord of peace. Who's the Lord of peace? This isn't the Lord of the rings. This is the Lord of peace. Who's in control? Who's in charge? Who's the one who divvies out? It is God. It's our creator. It's our Lord. He is the Lord of peace. He's the one who gives it. So when we think of this now, this element of peace with God, it is really this, this this mindset of looking at what separates mankind from a perfect God. And it's our sin. It's our disobedient. And every single one of us were born into sin. It started, it began with Adam, and it has been passed down to every person who has been born. All right? Born of man. Jesus was born of the Spirit. That's why he was able to be born without sin. It's the only exception of all the births that have ever taken place in the history of this earth. We each have sin, and we have that in our heart. It's not just an outward doing. We see that outwardness in what we do, and that's why you don't have to teach a child to say no or to go to the cookie jar and steal cookies um, or donuts In my case, um, you don't have to teach them that. It's just part of the heart. We have a sin issue in our heart. And because of that, that is what separates us from a perfect and holy God who created us. So we need that peace with God because we are considered in and of ourselves enemies of God. We are enemies of the one who created us. Uh, That doesn't make real sense, But I'll just encourage you and help you. God didn't create man as an enemy. He created man perfect. And so when he created Adam and he placed Adam in the garden, he gave him some regulations. And he said, listen, this is how I want you to live. This is how life is going to be best lived. And yet Adam and Eve disobeyed. They did what was opposite of what God said when he said not to eat of the fruit. They were deceived. By Satan, the deceiver, they gave into their own desires. And so they sinned. And again, that sin now has been passed to us and now has created that gulf in our lives where we are separated from God. Romans 3.24 says this, how do we have peace with God? He says, we, and are, we are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, meaning we've been bought. To be redeemed means to be purchased from. So we were stuck in sin. And it's a picture where you can imagine that we are slaves to sin. We're chained up. And so chained to us is our sin. And we're, we're stuck there. And there's no way of getting out. And so in that, Jesus has come to redeem us. He's come to set us free from those chains of our sins so that we could be made right with God. We are justified. We are declared right with God because Jesus took our punishment and he sacrificed himself upon a cross. Romans 325 says this, but, uh, or whom God put forward, Jesus, God sent his son to be the savior of the world. Paul's writing here, but God put forward as a propitiation. It's a big word. It's a big word that means ultimately Jesus took the full punishment, the full wrath of God upon himself. He took all of that for us. So God put forward as a propitiation by his blood. Jesus was the perfect sacrifice. His blood was poured out. That blood sacrifice was made for you and for me. To be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness because of His divine forbearance, He had passed over former sins. There, there had to be a full payment for sin. In the Old Testament, we read how God had told His nation, the nation of Israel, "This is how I want you to live." And you must, you need to offer sacrifice, a, a pure animal. On behalf of your sins, and you need to do that yearly. And so they would offer that lamb, bringing it before in the temple and the tabernacle, sacrificing for their sin. Jesus came as the lamb of God to take the full weight of our sin, and Jesus didn't have to do that each year, he didn't have to do that multiple times. Jesus died once and for all. So that sacrifice has been made for all mankind once and forever so that we could be redeemed, to be purchased, to be bought by his blood. Romans 4 verse 5 says this, And to the one who does not work but believes in him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted as righteousness. This is in the context of talking about Abraham, and Abraham's faith was counted as righteousness. It wasn't his work that saved him. Abraham believed in God. It is not our works that's going to save us. It's our faith. It's our trust in the one who is able to justify us, to make us right, to declare us right. Romans 5.11 says this, More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. To be reconciled, to be brought back. Where Adam enjoyed in the garden before sin entered, we get to be brought back into that fellowship, into that relationship with God. We are reconciled, not because of what we do, but because of what Jesus has done. And we accept that. We trust by faith. Not seeing in person Jesus dying on the cross, but reading and understanding that the Bible is true and what it tells us is the truth telling us that there was a perfect God-man sent by God, born of a virgin, who lived a perfect and sinless life. He died upon the cross for our sin, for your sin, and he was buried, and three days later, he rose from the dead, and he conquered sin and death, giving us hope and giving us life, and ultimately offering to us peace with God. Isn't that awesome? that gets you a little excited? I hope so. Romans 5 verse 19, for as by the one man's disobedience that many were made sinners. We talked about that Adam being passed down to us. So by the one man's obedience, the many will be made righteous. That is an unbelievable, glorious thought to think that today, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, if you've placed your faith in him, as your Savior and Lord, that you can stand before God and that he looks at you as right. Not because of what we've done, but because of the blood of Jesus, that we're declared right. Isn't that awesome? That helps push away some of the dark clouds, doesn't it? Helps push aside some of the worries and the concerns and some of the things that overshadow our daily living. That's why when we start and we look at the peace that God offers, we need to first look and say, okay, do I have peace with God? And ultimately, I want to ask you that. Would you sit here today and do you know without a shadow of a doubt that you have peace with God? Paul says this in 2 Corinthians 5.21, for our sake, He made him, Jesus, to be sin, who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. 1 Thessalonians 5.23 Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful. He will surely do it. 1 John Two uses this big word again, propitiation. He is the propitiation. He is the one who was able to take the, take the full punishment for our sin and not for ours only but also for the sins of the world. John 1 John 3:5, you know that he appeared in order to take away sins, and in him there is no sin. Jesus came. To pay the penalty that you and I deserve so that we could have peace with God. Today, I encourage you, if you don't have peace with God, today's the day. Today's the day where you claim that Jesus died for you. He took your sin. He took all the punishment that you ever deserve from God, and he paid it all. And it's your gift to claim that and to say, yes, I believe that Jesus came and that he died in my place. And I want to give my life to him. Because Jesus gave his life for me. Peace with God. That's where we start. That's where we have to begin. Now let's talk about the peace of God. Do you know what? I'm always looking for peace. Maybe you are too. You want to know what the will of God is? Right? You You ever have that discussion with God? Say, God, will you just write it up there in the clouds or just a little postcard or just a little note somewhere? You know, oh, that must be a sign. Sometimes we look for peace as we're making decisions as we live each day. We're looking for peace in understanding the mystery of God's will for our lives sometimes we try to rationale we have this rational mind as we think about life and as we try to process life Now being rational isn't all bad all right looking at science and looking at history looking at things that make sense I've always I always believe that God put a great head on our shoulders. some of you have greater ones than mine all right and he wants us to use them and so in that, there is time. There are times where we, searching for the, the peace of God, uh, we will start to, uh, to become like we know or we think we should know. And I love what, what Paul David Tripp says in, in his devotional, October 3rd. And he says, we are not rationalist. We do not trust our reason more than we trust God. I think sometimes we get in trouble with that, don't we? It's uh, uh, here's my reason, and this is what I'm going to trust more than trusting in God. Well, the truth is, uh, um, peace is not found in some of these things that I'm I'm going to share, and in fact, they can these items can sometimes destroy or 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 eradicate or to remove peace from us, and we need to be careful. We want this element of peace to well up inside of us. And so when we think about this, again, thinking about the secret will of God, sometimes wanting and desiring to know the secret will of God uh, wells in us a desire to, to grasp that and to know that. Like we think that we are owed the fact that we should know what's going on today or tomorrow or what's going to happen in this situation, we can't live that way and have peace at the same time. What about planning and preparing? It's not bad to plan. It's not bad to prepare. All right, it, it isn't. It's, those are good things. But there is a, a point and there's a step where our planning and and, and where we and and are preparing. And that we become the controller of what is going to come or what we think should happen. Hey, I have this on my schedule, and this has to be this way. Instead of looking at the, the work of God, again, it, it starts to inhibit and it starts actually to steal away some of this element that God wants to give us. Or what about this making sense of everything? We're good at asking God questions, aren't we? God, why would you do that? Or what are you doing here? It's not wrong to ask those questions. We see that all throughout God's word. And even in the Psalms, we see the realness of of man's struggle of walking through life. The struggle, the hardship, though, is we won't be able to enjoy the element of peace if we want to make sense of everything, because everything is not going to be made sense of. Or what about this, having all your questions answered? God, I don't need all my questions answered, but this question I need answered. Why did you do this? Or how are you doing this? Or how, are, how am I going to pay my bills? Or what's going on here? Or I thought you wanted me to do this, and now I can't do it. C.H. Spurgeon says this. To enjoy peace, our unbelieving thoughts must be stilled, and we must learn That the Lord reigns. The truth is, the element of peace is found in us when we abide in the vine. It's whose mind is set on God. Go with me to the book of Isaiah, if you would. I just want to go quickly here, but uh, the book of Isaiah, Isaiah 26. And when we think of this element of peace, how can we have this element? Isaiah 26, and we're going to look at verses 3 and 4. Isaiah 26, verses 3 and 4. It says this, You, God, you keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you, because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord is an everlasting rock. So what do we see? We see it is the person whose mind is stayed upon God, who has their mind fixated at the central aspect of this person's thinking is God. So no matter what else happens in this person's life, their central focus and their, their, their attention is God. Why is that? Well, we see it here in the text, look at the end of verse three, because he trusts in you. I, I think one of the great, great detriments of, of the peace that God wants to put in me and that, that, that he wants that element to just pour out of me of peace is I lack trust. What about you? you see that? Do you see that, that fruit being born out of your life instead of peace? The lack of trust, which can be seen in so many different ways, right? Fear, which leads to then other poor decisions. So when we look at this element of peace, again, it is found when we fixate our mind our attention, our focus, and it is stayed upon God. Because why? I love what Isaiah says here, that the Lord is the rock. And when we're looking in a world and a time where chaos continues to flow and will continue, I mean, I'm praying for a revival. You're praying for a revival in our world? If you aren't, you need to. Because we need it. And if you don't see it, Open your eyes, because you're blind. We need a revival. But if there is not going to be a revival, there will be another means that God is going to draw attention to himself. And that means Jesus is coming. Do I trust that? Is my mind fixated upon that? Is that the rock or oh, am I looking to everything else just try to satisfy or trying to understand or trying to get the grips of or trying to trying to control in some way? The truth is, we must, in order to have this element of peace in our life, it will take trusting in the person of God. And you know what that requires? It requires faith. Because you and I can't see everything that God's doing. It is impossible to please God without faith. It is, I will say, I believe, it is impossible to have these elements that God wants and is producing in His followers without faith. They go hand in hand. Us abiding in Him as He produces these. As we draw near to Him, He draws near to us. And He continues to draw us closer. And so the situations and the things that He allows in our lives isn't to harm us, isn't to hurt us, isn't to manipulate us into somehow you know, trying to cause us to love Him more. No, He wants to draw us closer so that we can see His goodness, so that we can see He is a good and gracious God, so that we can experience the peace. Remember the first verse that we looked at? The peace that nobody else can understand. And so that takes trusting into the person of God. The person who, do you believe that God is sovereign? It's one thing to say it. It's another thing to live it. Or what about the God and his power? That he has an amazing power. There is nothing that will limit his power. That God can do anything at any moment. If he wanted to save this little baby who's dying of cancer, he could immediately touch that baby and that baby was, would, be, would be healed. Or this individual who is in this car crash that could immediately surround them with his great power and to protect them. And we ask questions because of those scenarios. We, well, why wouldn't he or why doesn't he? Again, that is an element that begins to eradicate the very peace that God wants us to have. Because it causes us to start to begin to go down a road where we We stop trusting, and our faith becomes smaller. What about God's wisdom? Is there anyone who is wiser and smarter than God? Are you wiser and smarter than God? I'm not going there. I married up for a reason. I needed my kids, whoever they were going to be one day, to have some hope. And thankfully they got all moms. I didn't have enough to share. God is all wise and all knowing. There ain't nobody who knows what's best for you more than what God knows. What about God's mercy and his grace? That his mercy is new every morning. That his grace is amazing. That we don't deserve it, but yet he's granted us and given it to us. What about God's faithfulness? We sang about it today. Georgia put out the bulletin to you this morning. And and if you read the letter that I put out, usually I've been trying to do a a monthly uh, letter. Um, just as a, like a family report for our church, just to give you an idea of what's going on and share a little bit of my heart. I shared in this month about the faithfulness of God, how, how it keeps bringing me back. God continues to keep bringing me back over and over to his faithfulness. Even when I'm not faithful, even when we as a community or as a world aren't faithful, God is faithful and he will always be faithful. Isn't that Awesome. Are you thankful for God's patience? Man, that's awesome. God is very patient with us. He's very patient with me. Are you trusting in the person of God and his righteousness? Or are you trying to do everything right? And that's allowing Satan and and allowing You, as a person, to steal away this element of peace. You are never going to do everything right. But with God, God is everything right. He is righteous. And you know what? He's declared us right through the blood of Jesus. Do you trust that? Do you believe that? What about His promises? And the fact that God has never messed up on his promises. His promises always hold true. See, I believe that when we trust in the person of God, we will experience God's peace. Just as Isaiah says here, you keep him. You keep me, God, in perfect peace. Peace. When I am trusting you, it takes this element of trust, a willingness to see beyond my own circumstances and to spend time with the Lord and in his word, where God then reveals little bit by little bit, layer by layer, he reveals the person that he is. And the fact that he can be the one that we place our full and complete trust in. Jesus says to his disciples, um, before he heads to, um, to ultimate the ultimate sacrifice, before he heads to, to Calvary, he says to them in John 14, 27, he says to them, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives, do I give. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. They had no idea what was going to come. They scattered. They ran as things became uncovered and unglued. As Jesus hung on the cross, the person of God was still worthy of being trusted. God showed his patience with his disciples as Jesus comes and has that reunion with them. He doesn't condemn them. He encourages them. And this promise of the peace that they will experience, we see that as the disciples, not only as Jesus appears to them, but as they then go out after Jesus' ascension, they go out and spread the gospel. They go out and are martyred for their faith and their trust in Jesus. The peace that they experienced didn't come from themselves, and it wasn't given to them from the world. It was given from Jesus. It came through him. The peace that you and I so desperately need each day is not going to be found in anything or anyone else other than the person of Jesus. It's through him. It's in abiding in the vine that we have this element. I believe that truth is still for us today. That the peace that we can have, the peace that the disciples enjoyed, that peace that God wants to grow in us, that element is there for us to enjoy. Are you enjoying it? Or are you so fixated on other things that you've allowed it to steal the peace? that only God can give. Next week we'll look at a great one, patience, right? Right now you're being patient with me. Patience, and you're like sometimes you run out of that, right? Well, the truth is, I think some of these elements don't don't you don't you run out of peace? Don't you run out of joy sometimes? So you got to look at it and you got to say what are those things that cause me that, that, I'll, that I allow that causes it to be eradicated or taken away or to be covered. That I can't enjoy it. We've touched on some of those this morning. I pray, it has been my prayer, that you will this week experience the peace of God. And in those times, in those struggles, in those, those, those hours, those minutes that, that are going to happen. They are going to take place this week, so be prepared that as things go along this week, you will be reminded of the truths of who God is, the person that God says he is, that he is faithful and true to continue to be those, that, that person, and that he will continue to be faithful in his promises and what he has promised to give us, and that we, you and me, were not alone. Not only do we have the promises of God, but we have the spirit of God that lives in us and dwells in us, who is there to help us and to guide us and to direct us. And to turn our eyes, to turn our gaze, to turn our attention, our focus, that our mind might be fixated upon the Lord because he's our rock. Then, then we'll experience peace. Will you pray with me? Lord, thank you for your goodness. Lord, you are so good to us. We, what we deserve and yet what you've given us are two different things. And so we give you praise and we give you thanks. Thank you for this element of peace that we are able to enjoy. Peace with you and peace from you. And Lord, I pray that if there's anyone here who has never trusted Jesus as their Savior, that today would be the day. Maybe they're listening online, Lord, and you've helped them to realize that they're missing something deep in their life. And that missing piece is Jesus, the Savior from their sin, the one who can give them eternal life, to give them love, to give them joy, to give them peace. Lord, as followers of Jesus, I pray that we would not allow this element to be stolen or to be diminished or our circumstances to come along and to take something that's so critical to the way that you want us to live life. I pray that this element of peace would be found deep within us and by your spirit, the outworking of your spirit this week, we would be able to display your peace so that others may give you glory so that others may see how awesome and how great you are. And so that we may, individually be able to draw as we draw closer to you to be able to experience you in new ways, ways that we would often not choose ourselves, but ways that we know we can trust you because you are a good and gracious God and you have our very best in mind. So help us, Lord, to live in your peace that this element may just flow out of us. We pray this in the name of Jesus.